a possibility mindset based on the word of God. No matter what you're going through today, there's going to come an end for that thing. Now, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18, I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, for surely there is an end. Surely there is an end. No matter what your situation is right now, no matter how frightening it is, if you're going through something today, God is saying there is an end and thine expectation will not be cut off. Have that possibility mindset. Be expectant. Many times people go to church, they are not expecting anything. It's like a duty. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to worship God and I've performed my duty. No, God wants you to come with a possibility mindset. God's going to do something for you and that thing that is troubling you has an end. It's coming to an end. For surely, no doubt there is an end. Is going to cease. And your expectations will not be cut off. God will not disappoint you. No matter how you feel about yourself, I want you to know, and I'm telling the truth. This is the truth. No matter what you've done, God loves you dearly. If there is another voice in your head telling you something different, that's a lie. You are special to Him. He put you on this earth at this time for a purpose. You could have been born in 1818. But He put you here for a special reason. And there's no one that's been on the earth like you. And there's no one that's going to come after you just like you. You are specially made by God for a reason, for a purpose right now on the earth. So you need to lift your head up. Because if you don't lift your head up, you'll never discover it. If you keep thinking negative thoughts and thinking failure, then you'll never discover it. The mind is the field. Whatever you sow in the mind will produce a harvest. The mind is the field. If you sow thoughts of failure, you'll fail. You'll have a life of failure. Because what you sow is what you're going to reap. If you constantly entertain thoughts of fear, your life will be filled with sorrows. Because what you fear is what you attract. But what you believe will come to you. So the mind is the key. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your life can be transformed when you renew your mind. You have to have a possibility mindset. No matter what's happening to you currently... If there is a God and you keep that mindset that God can take care of this situation, He will never fail you. The scripture says, God is not a man that He should lie, neither the son of man that He should repent. If God has said something, He'll do it. That's God Himself saying, has He said 
and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? So you get to think in terms of that. In terms of possibility in God. David spoke to himself in Psalm 42 verse 11. He says, why are you cast down? You don't have any reason to be cast down. You don't have any reason. Was he going through difficult times? Yes. And because of all his troubles, his spirit, his heart was cast down. His soul was cast down. And David said, no, that's not the inheritance for God's people. So he started speaking to himself. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? You got no reason for that. And why are you disquieted within me? You can't sleep. Because of all the troubles you're going through. He says, hope in God. Hope in God. No matter what's going on, put your hope in God. Have a possibility mindset based on the faithfulness of God. Who can never be unfaithful? God can never be unfaithful to his word. That's why we come before him. To encourage ourselves in the Lord. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him. It's coming in the future. I'm going through a tough time right now. But it's going to be okay. Because God's going to give me the opportunity when He's through with whatever He's doing. He's going to give me the opportunity to praise Him. I will still praise God. God's going to do it for me. That's what He's saying. So I have no reason for my soul to be cast down. There is no reason to think negative thoughts. To think it's all over. If there is a God, I'll make it. The help of my countenance and my God. Your countenance is what people see. Amen? My countenance needs help sometimes. Maybe yours needs some help this morning. When they look at you and say, what's wrong with you, brother? But he is the help of my countenance to make me look that bright so people can see what's going on. You're so happy. You don't have any problems. (laughs) Yeah, I got a bunch of them, but I got help. Amen. He is the help of my countenance. He makes me smile even in the presence of trouble. Because I have confidence in Him. And I have seen God do things when you have confidence in God. I have seen God do unusual things. I'm telling you, unusual things. I can recall one of, I think it was 1989, I was about to go to the United States. They had, I got my tickets. And it, there was all in the, in the papers. No flights coming from Europe or America. And no one's leaving. No flight is leaving. And I was supposed to leave that day. And my brother came, Lawrence, came. And he still remembers it today, till today. He made an impression on him. He said to me, brother, you're not going anywhere today. And he brought the paper to me and said, see, front page. <laughs> I told him, today... I'm leaving. When I get to the airport, that plane's got to be there. He looked at me and says, but I'm telling you, I don't want you to be so disappointed. I said, look, let's not discuss this matter. Because my mind was made up. I'm going. And I remember as the taxi that I was taking, you know, drove. Because when you drive around, you can actually see the plane. And, you know, my heart was beating real fast. I've got to see this plane there. Amen. And as we turned the corner, here was my plane sitting there for me. 
I felt so good. God's done it. And he doesn't forget till tomorrow he still remembers it. You got to have that mindset. No matter what's going on, God will work it out for me. Because the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is it. The thoughts that you entertain consistently will determine who you become. If you think thoughts of sickness, sickness, all, that's all you think about, guess what? You constantly be sick. If you're thinking thoughts of want, want not being able to pay your bills, and Satan has a way of making you, putting you in that mode where you always think that way because he comes at you with all kinds of troubles and then you get used to this way of life and all you think about is in trouble, not able to pay your bills and it's borrowed from Peter to pay Paul and from Paul to pay Peter. And you can, that's the way you keep going and your mind is set. But God is said, saying, if you would change your mind based on God's word, what says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God will pay my bill. God will do it. He is not a man that he should lie. We are the one that's holding him back. And we need to be in agreement with him. He says, how can two walk together except they are in agreement? God says it's possible. And you say, well, God, there is some part of this problem that you don't know anything about. You want, let me tell you about it. Because you are leaning on your own understanding. And not trusting in God with all of your heart. God said that in the scriptures... Proverbs chapter 3, God said that to let you know there are some situations that you have no way of fully understanding. You have to trust in God because it doesn't make sense in the natural. But if you trust in God, God will come through for you. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, not with some of your heart, all of your heart. And He will bring it to pass. You got to trust Him. When you trust God, you honor Him. That's what this is all about. No matter what's going on in your life, God is able to take care of it. Your thoughts are so important. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But then God tells us the magnitude of this whole thing. When you read in Ephesians chapter chapter 3 verse 20, Now unto him... Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or what? Think. So if you are thinking failure thoughts, God says, I can beat that. I'll make you really fail. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or what? Think. So if you are thinking thoughts of not being able to pay your bills, uh, God says, I can do better than that for you if that's the way you want to go. I know you don't believe that, right? (laughs) Because able to go beyond what you think. So what you think matters. What you think matters. 
So when those negative thoughts are coming, and generally they are coming from the enemy, give him what God tells you. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Think on it, what God has said. Stay with those words, and repeat them in your mind over and over again, and the word of God will produce. What you put in your mind is what you are sowing, and it will produce a harvest. If you sow thoughts of fear constantly, fearing, sometimes people are not even aware of what they are afraid of. What are you afraid of? I don't know. I'm just afraid. When you've come to that kind of place, you will reap a harvest of sorrows. Because Job said, what I feared the most. Was he speaking it? No, he was thinking it. He didn't speak it to his children. He was just thinking Imagining things that could happen to him. And he was very careful. You say he was a righteous man, but he was doing things that were not right. Because his thoughts were not right. And Job himself confessed, the things that I've greatly feared, they've all come to me. What you fear is what you attract. So Jesus will always say, don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible to those who believe. So we need to believe unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. There is a power that's at work in you. And if you think in line with God's word, that word grabs those thoughts. The power that's in you grabs those thoughts and begins to do a work for you. It's only according to the power that's at work in us. Why, in us. why would God say in us if that's not the truth? If there is no power at work in you, why is God saying there's a power at work in you? He says it there. According to the power that's at work in us. So there is a power at work in you. So give, feed that power so that the power can work for you. You know, I need to let you know, Jesus never will do anything for you without you giving him something to work with. Whether it's faith, whatever it is. Jesus could have multiplied bread to feed 5,000 men. But his question was, what do you have? Remember that? Give me what you have and I'll take it, multiply it, and I'll give it back to you. Your thoughts are so important. When you think in line with God's word, those thoughts will bring, breed faith in you, and then God has something to work with. When you have hope, hope does not disappoint. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans. Hope will never... Di- so possibility thinking will never disappoint you. Because the love of God has been spread abroad. Hope will never disappoint And hope is having that possibility mindset. Yeah, I know it's tough, but I still believe God. God will help me in this. There's another scripture here. Really important. I I really need you to focus on this. Proverbs 16 verse 3. He says, commit your works to the Lord. In other words, tell God what you are thinking and what you're doing. Some of your plans, they should be bigger than you are. I mean, if you can handle your, your problems, your plans, why go to God? That's silly. 
when you're going to God, it's got to be something that you can do for yourself, right? So make big plans. And then it says, talk to him about it, your works. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be what? Established. What's going to be established? Your thoughts. Your thoughts will be established. God will establish what you're thinking. And God said in Ephesians 3.20, He will go above that. Exceedingly, abundantly, above what your thoughts, He will establish it. You think wellness, God will establish it. You think abundance, God will establish it. As long as you tell Him what's going on in your life and how you are trying to work with the kingdom, the kingdom of His Son, and you have all these great thoughts about what you want to do, God says, I will establish that one too. Amen. God wants to do that for us. Last week I told you about the school of Andrew. And we're going to give you a test this morning. To see what school you belong to. The school of Andrew and the school of Philip. We want to see what school you belong to. In John chapter 6. Where Jesus multiplied bread. He says there. Jesus lifted up his eyes. Beginning from verse 5. And seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, <laughs> great multitude, right? Just 5,000 men. If you count all the children and the women, probably 20,000, maybe more. Great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 dinars worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, so the school of Philip and the school of Andrew, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, said to Jesus, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in in the place, so the men sat down and they numbered by 5,000 men. Notice, Jesus saw the multitude. He said to his disciples, All of this multitude are going to be our guests. And we have to feed them. If I was there, this is what I would do. Huh? I hope he doesn't mean that. <laughs> All of these people are guests? And I'm sure that's what Philip was thinking. When he said to Philip, Notice he asked Philip, where can we find bread to feed this multitude? Do you know why he asked Philip that? Philip, that was Philip's hometown. Philip came from that area. And so he asked Philip, 
about that because Philip knew the place. And by that guy's like, what? Where will we have enough bakery for this kind of business? I mean, even if we have the money, how can this happen? And I'm sure he just said, look, we can't do this. If you read other scriptures, they actually were telling Jesus, tell them to go so that they buy food themselves. He said, no, feed them. Let me ask you, in your life, is there something in your life that Jesus is asking you to do that's impossible? And you're going to explain to him why it couldn't be done? Are you there? You thought about it. He may have come from him. But you thought, well, that can never happen. No, not me. Have you done that? You missed out on God. You missed out on a big miracle. Isaiah 54, he says, stretch out the borders of your tent. Your tent. God wants you to spread it out. Don't ever hold back. Have that possibility mindset. The mindset, God can do it. And when God, this is how God speaks to his people. Those thoughts come into your mind. They may be so great, but let them sit there. Let them entertain you, those thoughts. May you never be able to go to sleep as those thoughts come through your head as you begin to see all of these things. And you say, God, please let me go to sleep. And it's so huge. How can I do this? God likes it. He wants you to believe him for something that you cannot do for yourself so that everyone knows he's God that's doing it. Philip thought, no way this is going to happen. But Andrew, if you read in Mark, Jesus actually sent them, go see what you got. And they went and this is a joke. They wouldn't even talk to him about what they found. But Andrew wasn't afraid. Andrew said, look to Jesus, would you say something like that? If you got 20,000 people to feed and you're telling somebody about five loaves of bread, why even go there? In the natural, Philip was okay. It made sense what Philip was saying. We can do this. But Andrew was thinking in terms of something different. But then he said, we got this kid, he got five barley loaves. Did you know that's not the first time that barley loaves had been multiplied? That was not the first time in scriptures. Read First Kings. Elisha also multiplied barley loaves, 20 barley loaves. Small ones that he used to feed a hundred men. So that was in the first time. But Jesus was right to talk to Philip about it. Those two men had seen Jesus turn water into wine, right? They saw him do it. God shown us so much, many times we forget what God's done in our, in our presence. And we go back to our unbelief. And we grieve him. In this church, we've seen so many miracles. God's done a lot of miracles here. But you see how people, when the trouble comes, the pain comes, they forget that they've seen something that God has done in front of us. So Jesus was right to talk to them. But Andrew had not forgotten. Except this was a huge thing. And so he suggested, and as soon as Jesus said, uh, how many lo- as soon as he told Jesus and Jesus said, go get, he was gone. He knew where that kid was in the crowd. (laughs) 
to go get those loaves for Jesus. Let me tell you something. Your faith doesn't have to be perfect. He remains faithful. We are not as faithful as he is. When we give that faith that is not perfect, and you are kind of struggling, he takes it and perfects it for the miracle. You remember the man who said, help my unbelief? He knew he wasn't believing right, but he wanted to, and he had made a few steps, and as soon as Jesus heard it, he said, that's enough. He'll perfect it. Let me show you another story. When I read, I see these things in scriptures, and they amaze me to let me see this is the way God is. He's such such a good God. If you would just only believe just a little, he'll take it and go all the way for you. When after Lazarus died, I read this scripture and I said, Martha is not making sense. Lazarus had died and Lazarus had been dead for four days. And Jesus showed up. And Martha ran to Jesus. She was in the school of Andrew. I will show you why. It's an amazing thing, the faith of this woman. Nobody talks about it, but it's there. There was a lot of faith in Martha that is an unusual faith that probably led to the raising of Lazarus. We read through and we don't follow fully. But it wasn't perfect, but Jesus took it. Let me read for you. In John chapter 11, verse 21, it says, And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, that's what I will be saying, Okay. I will say that if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But notice she added, but. She said that, brother has been dead for four days. Yeah, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, even now, I know. It's not just I believe, I know that whatever you ask of God, He, God, will give you. What was she talking about? She still held on to a little hope. Jesus could do something about this. But when Jesus confronted her with it, she backed away, just like Andrew. What is that to many? But once she's come out of your mouth and Jesus has seen it, He's received the offering and He's ready to go. Amen. Look at it. She says, but even now, I know. She wasn't talking about bread. She wasn't talking about a needsman. She was referring to her brother that was dead. Read it. Because that's what she just said. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, He'll do it for you. He'll give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And she says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. In the resurrection, she backed off from me. <laughs> but Jesus was going. He, he wasn't going to take no. That's what we need to go with God. Amen? No matter what it is, go that halfway with God. He'll meet you halfway and carry you through for a miracle that raises a man that's been dead for four days. Because of you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that possibility thinking... You can say to this mountain, be removed, and it will move. That's just the truth. 
He was of the same school as Andrew. There is it's a, it's impossible, but God, I still know you. I still believe in you. I'm in a mountain of death. I don't know how I can come out of this. What kind of miracle will God do? But God, I know you can help me. And God says, that's good enough for me. God can do anything. God said, is anything too hard for the Lord? That's God himself asking. Do you think there's anything that's too hard for God? Your problem? How bad is that compared to a man who's been dead for four days? How bad is it? Jesus said to her, when she said, at the resurrection, Jesus said, look, you are looking at the resurrection. Amen? This is it. What you call resurrection is standing before you right here. So let's, talk, not, let's not talk about resurrection. I'm right here. He's going to be resurrected. Amen? That's when you go halfway with God. That, that possibility thinking. Instead of giving up hope. Giving up hope. Believe in God. Whatever you're going through, no matter what your situation is today, it's like a preacher. He's just telling to make us feel good. No, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to let you know that there is a God in heaven and that God can take care of your situation and help you and lift you up and help you to raise your head up high so that your friends will see what God can do. That's what I'm here to say. Not to make anybody feel good because there is a God. God is. If there is no God, I don't want to go to church. That's crazy. Just an empty building. We're worshiping something that doesn't exist. But if God is God, why don't we believe Him as God and trust Him so that He can take care of us? I don't like to play church. Religion is crazy. But your relationship with God, that's beautiful. Where I know I am a family member, and not just a family member. Some people say, well, because you are a pastor, you can say that. No. <laughs> That's just what I do in the house. Okay? <laughs> Part of what I do in God's house. You got your own thing to do in God's house. Amen? We are all very important. We are all precious to Him. Every one of us. God is not a respecter of persons. Everyone who serves Him is allowed. He accepts you. She believed God. Jesus said, those who believe in me, they will never die. So you can go that way with God. You know, the greatest problem we have, all of us, when we struggle with sin, is nothing else. It's not sin itself. It's not that we don't have the power to overcome sin, the greatest problem a Christian has with sin is what the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 10. It's called sin consciousness. Sin consciousness. Even after we're saved, we still feel like we can't be free from this thing. Okay? That's a mindset. And that's giving us a lot of trouble, including me. Because we don't really believe we can be free from it. It's a mindset. And once you have that mindset, an addict 
has the, over time has this mindset. You heard people say all kinds of things. You can never be free. Once an addict, always an addict. And they've told you all of these things. But an addict, you mean God cannot stop it? God cannot deliver you from that? Do I have to go through all this AAA stuff? No. God cannot do it. That's insane to say God cannot change a man. The problem is sin consciousness. As long as we are programmed to believe that we can never be free from sin. I mean, you, I mean, hear this. We are all sinners. Don't we all say that? But that's not the truth. You were a sinner. After you received Christ, you are no longer a sinner. The Bible doesn't call you a sinner. The Bible calls you a saint. You don't have to be dead to be a saint. You don't have to die to be a saint. You put a few flowers around, you're dead. Now you're a saint after you die. But Paul wrote letters to the saints in Ephesus. Dead people don't read it right here, right? But he wrote to, to saints in Ephesus. He wrote to saints in Rome. To the saints in Rome. He wanted them to read. Why don't you write a letter and take it to the graveyard for your saints to read? But it's in consciousness. Let me read the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 2 and 3. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshiper... How many are worshippers here? Yeah? For the worshipper, once purified, how many times would you receive Christ, right? <laughs> over and over again. The worshipper, once purified, will have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices every year, there is a reminder of sins every year, so they're never free. Constant thinking about it. Every year you are reminded you are just a poor sinner. And for us, we don't do it every year. It's every day. We're all sinners. I hear people say, uh, when they say it in my office, I want to tell you, you guys can claim that I'm not part of your group. No kidding. (laughs) We're not all sinners. A sinner saved, saved from what? You have been saved from being a sinner. But when you keep claiming that that's who you are, how are you going to be on the other side? You have been made free, but you're still saying you are a slave. You will never act free. Right? So the problem is consciousness of sin. I really need, if you want, read E.W. Kenyon's books. They're good to read. T.L. Osborne said every Christian should have a library of his books because he talked about these things. It's the same consciousness. Let me read what the scripture says. And if you're going to beat it, this is the only way. I mean, you can do whatever you want. We'll struggle. But this is what God recommended. And we stay with what God says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. 
for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you. So, I, when I'm struggling, I have to constantly bring this thought from God's kingdom, from God's mind into my mind. For sin shall not have dominion over me. And I can name whatever it is. You will not have dominion over me as you think on it. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 17 says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, though, though you were, where means past, right? Where means you were no longer, right? Though, though you were, this is the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. No other way, not struggle. It's not by mind, it's not by power. But by the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit walks through the world. And if you keep those thoughts in your head that you are not free, I feel, I know the pastor says this, but I don't feel that way. What has your feeling got to do with it? We stay with the Word. We stay with the Word. But God be thanked. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say that with me? We need to thank Him for it. If you say, I can't, then you make God a liar. God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine, receiving Jesus, to which you were delivered. And then verse 18 says, Having been set free from sin, you became what? Slaves of righteousness. Test in the scriptures. You are a slave of righteousness. Why sin is tormenting your mind? He said, you know I can't serve you anymore. You know, I got another master right now. I'll give you a little water, but you know, this doesn't feel good. You know, my master is not going to be happy with me. Amen. So you keep filling your mind with what God says. And st- oh my gosh, excuse me. I went way above my time. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm stopping right now. I really apologize. I got too excited. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we got to end this. Mm. All heads bowed this morning. God's with us today. If you're here and you want to make a lasting commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to serve Him with all of your heart, no fear. Can I see your hand up, please? Put your hand up. I see that. Thank you. Anyone else? 
you want to serve God. I guess we have a house of people that want to serve God, and we thank God for that. All we ask is you stay with the Word. If the Word doesn't transform you, you're doing it in your own strength, it will only last for a while. But when God transforms you, things work out for us. We, walk, we, we stay with the truth. How can two walk together except they are in agreement? So agree with what God says in his word and begin to walk with God today. Amen. Look up here at me. We're going to be taking our offering here. I want to thank God for you uh, because we have a giving church. And our church, we also give. To help other ministries. Because God's blessed us so.